It's all things MMA on KCLR and for Scoreline.ie. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always from our lovely remote locations by Miles Price, he of Team Rhino Kilkenny. Miles, how are things? How are you? Hey Ken, how's it going? Yeah, all good. Thanks very much. Just finished up a solid strength and conditioning session. See the biceps are coming on there now. Yeah, adding a few inches to them. So all good. S- Sun's out, guns out. This this is your inner anchor man moment with the gun show. I love it. Yeah, it's nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> well, for 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 this week, we're veering away from the the conversations that we've been having of late around um, UFC events and and the live events, and we're going to delve a little bit into uh, nutrition. It's a very very big part uh, of the fight game, and it's a very big part of of performance, elite performance, athletics at at any level, any sport. It doesn't make a difference. One man who does know and awful lot about this has been through the process is coaching athletes is working with yourself as well and we'll bring him into the conversation now is Killian Doyle KD Athletic Performance how are you good to see you good good yeah delighted to be here now and uh, hopefully offer some insight into you know combat sport nutrition and what we do with miles and other athletes leading up to the fights and all like that so I'm delighted to be here yeah it should be a great great L session now and see how it goes um, Killian, for for the, given this is this is your your first twist chatting to us and all things MMA, can, can you give us a little bit of a, a background of of what it is that you do and how you came to do it? Yeah, well, I suppose um, a lot of the stuff that I kind of specialize in is combat sports nutrition and fueling the athletes, um, really for their sessions and getting them ready to be on way for the fights. I'm kind of like really specialized in everything that they do off the mat, and I suppose my journey to that has basically started out. I was a kid in college. Uh, done strength and conditioning as my undergrad and that kind of flowed on then into doing my postgrad into performance nutrition and uh, also done a course then with rehydration specialists with Lockhart and Leah uh, kind of gave me that bit more of an insight into the, the combat sports game and particularly MMA and making weight and different things like that and hydrating after to make weight. How big a part of combat sports is nutrition uh definitely it's, it's probably a massive part to it really you know the biggest difference you'll make to your change or the biggest change you make to your body is what you put into your mouth and i suppose it's especially in regards to weight category sport like mma it can really be a difference between you know stepping onto the scales on weight or you know potentially losing uh some of your purse because you're you're not on weight mm-hmm. and you know there's a financial kind of consequence to it that if they don't make weight they're going to be you know, losing out on money. So, and nutrition plays a massive part of that. And you can't run a bad diet or kind of exercise a bad diet. So it can really make a massive difference to the athletes. Miles, uh, on on the nutrition side for you, I mean, you've you've obviously been working with Killian for a while. I mean, what's what's the difference been? F- what's the difference been for you? I mean, do you do you notice much in terms of performance? How 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 well you're doing in in prep? How well you do in the cage? How well you do at fight time? Because you're paying attention to your nutrition. Oh, hugely, yeah. Um, I've learned a lot as a as a coach from Killian as well, and I've also uh, enhanced my knowledge through experience as an athlete. You know, um, I, I I think the main thing for for me is because I'm considered pretty much old school in regards to MMA and back in the day it was you know it was eat less train more kind of mindset you know it's very much so like that times you know and um I feel like it's it's made the difference between me even enjoying my training and me actually eating more 
and still losing weight and keeping muscle, etc., and being cognitively uh, on point. Because not only is it a physical thing uh, with the nutrition, uh, being able to actually have that extra bit and fuel correctly for you know two, three sessions a day, but your motor skills and your cognitive health in regards to being able to think and concentrate in a and in psychology they say thinking in the fire think thinking through the fire you're able to concentrate and think in really stressful situations you know and um you know i think that plays a huge part in with the nutrition side of things for sports it's not only the recovery but it's the you know the thinking that you can do in high stressful situations like a heavy spar you know like um you know there's i think the biggest game changer for me is was really the incorporation of uh fast release carbs and electrolytes and essential amino acids and timing of when to take these supplements like you know and replenishing your body literally and it all kind of happens in this in this window of just before you train during your train after you train and knowing the amounts to take within the rpe of your session and the rpe is your rate of perceived exertion how hard your training is depends on when you take these supplements you know and Killian really taught me a lot about that and it brought my game to a new level and it made me enjoy training all over again I didn't go into training going like how am I going to get through this you know because there is some training sessions you're like that where you're walking in you're like how in God's creation am I going to get through this because you feel so depleted and drained and you feel like you're a, a junkie or something you're just like so you're like Fuck, why not going in you know, so it's so important to refuel correctly, you know, physically and mentally, you know, and I'll let Killian go into the intricate details of that. Killian, for when Miles is talking about food and stuff and, and like the old school mentality and the, the OG type of things, like we we carry a lot of conversation on Scoreline with, uh, with athletes, with people that are into marathons or people that are into cycling or, or try stuff. Old school mentality would have been, oh, I got to train for ages. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a load of pasta before I go in and it'll be class or I'm going to have a load of porridge before I go in uh, or... It'll go the other way, and you go. Well, I, I, I really got to concentrate on this. I, I'm just, I'm just not going to eat. I, I'll bring in a bottle of water and a snack with me, and I'll be fine. Like they're, they're two, they're two very different extremes. What Miles is talking about is, is getting more into the, the, the right foods for the right activity, but very much at the right, at the right moment as well. So when you're when you're building a plan for somebody like Miles, I mean, what what do you do? How does it work? Um, I suppose really the biggest thing you look at first is time. So like how much time does Miles have, say, to eat? Um, how much time he has in between sessions and how we're going to refuel around that? Because that's probably the biggest difference that I've really realized with athletes and general population people is the time they have between sessions. So particularly in Miles' case, you know, he could have, say, four hours before the next session or, you know, three hours or whatever like that. But usually people would have, say, 24 to 48. And that's kind of where a lot of it comes from first. Um, you kind of look at, say, well, if Miles has four hours in between sessions, what's the quickest way we can get nutrients into his body to help him recover? And also the quickest way to replenish any glycogen stores or any kind of carbohydrate use so he's ready to go for that next session. And, you know, I suppose as well, well a lot of the difference between the two of them is uh, at least tend to be very motivated and focused. So it's and they tend to have a lot of good habits in place. So we can kind of really build a good structure from that uh, on the off. And um, definitely time plays a massive part in it. And seeing how what foods you need to to use then to replenish that quickly is 
there's not a part of it. Is is it is it about eating specific foods? Is it about tailoring somebody's diet and and by diet I mean what they're eating specific to what what they like? So Miles likes pasta. Let's get some pasta in there. Or Miles doesn't like pasta, so we're going to tell Miles he's going to need to eat more pasta. I know I keep using pasta as an example. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, Katie. You like pasta. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But when when it when it comes to looking at, at things like that, like getting the like getting the right nutrients into them or the right level of nutrients, they've obviously got to come from from a source. So what what do you look at in terms of of foods? Uh, definitely, well, I suppose definitely you look at their personal preferences first and see do they line up, you know. And uh, you, people talk about carbohydrates and calories and all those kind of things. You don't eat calories; you eat food. So you have to look at make sure. Well, am I lining up what they like, and does that line up with say my goals for that certain person? And then you kind of go as well, well, is that the right food source for that particular time? So say like, especially when you're kind of getting close to training, you want to stay away from high fiber foods and that's going to really, you know, upset the gut really during training. So you kind of see then as well, like, well, is this what this person eating align with that? And then you kind of make recommendations from there, kind of from their own personal preferences. And maybe also um, offering some new foods as well. But not changing too much that they feel like the plan is not personalized to them and and this is kind of where a lot of the finesse with um, the kind of nutrition is as well making sure that you up kind of uh, offer new things mm. but still kind of keep in line with that person's values and what they like and try and kind of use your kind of art then as well to insert things that you need that will help them but also still keep in line with their dietary preferences Paint, paint me a picture of, of what would happen. Let's say I am that kind of athlete, whether it's whether it's combat sports or whether it's, you know, hurling or camogie or, you know, any, any other kind of active sport. And I come to you and I say, Killian, I hear you're doing great things in terms of nutrition uh, and I need to get to the next level. What What's the first thing that happens when somebody comes to you or what's the how do you start the process with with somebody? Definitely. Well, you look at their food diary first and you kind of see, well, what are they eating? Uh, how much say, energy are they expending in their exercise? And are they kind of fueling enough for that particular exercise? And, and where are the kind of their gaps, I would say, or the obstacles and their barriers from getting them to their next level? So is it in their behavior? Is it in their opportunity? And is it their motivation? And we kind of based on this thing, it's called the COMB model. And basically, you know, that what I said there is their capability, opportunity and motivation and how that reflects their behavior and see is that behavior lining up with taking them to the next level. So, you know, some people, it could be their opportunity, like, you know, they have a lot of snacks in the house or they're not surrounded by the right people, particularly they not, might not have the same mind, fit, mind, uh, mind frame. It could be their capability. They might not have the education or the physical skills to cook some of the food. And it could be like that as well, their motivation. So are they kind of actually, do they want to change and do they want to go to the next level? And we take that then, we look at that and we kind of put that into a model and then create a plan for them. And I suppose, you know, we look at the food aspect in that as well as does the food line up with taking them to the next level? Does it line up with their, say, fueling right and correctly for each session? And that's kind of the start then. And we kind of take it slowly, piece by piece. Don't try and change anything too quickly because uh, not really going to adhere to that too much and uh, make little changes that they can do consistently basically is the main thing because that will make the biggest difference to, the, to that lead then. Miles what kind of changes have have you made 
nutrition wise that you can like Gillian is saying that you can do consistently and and you know kind of push yourself on um i i think be honest with you i'm, I'm kind of bringing it back to my last point is that it's just the whole behavior with the food has changed my relationship with food has changed and i think that's um that's probably the the hardest part of actually you know getting your nutrition on track is that you know not having somebody that um i, I always talk to my clients about the when somebody comes to you a lot of the time they say like um oh can i get a meal plan whereas in meal plans have their place but they're very fixed you know what i mean um things change so much within a week that it's about making small little changes over a period of time and having that continuous support and accountability to help you build a better relationship with your food and i feel like that's what this process is you know it's it's when you're working with somebody in regards to nutrition you know it's such a massive part of progress like as they say 90 percent of of your abs are made in the kitchen they could say you could say you know that's the famous kind of saying and it's very true you know what i mean like you can't train really hard and your nutrition be off because it's just not going to align you're going to burn out you're going to get resentful with training as well and you're not going to be fueled correctly you know and who doesn't want to feel like that they're eating more feeling fueled and also getting the results that you deserve and that comes down to your behavioral changes and your relationship with your food you know and that kind of needs to be shown upon quite a lot and killian does a great job of that like you know what i mean he'll bring me back to baseline on a weekly basis i'll proactively stay in touch with him and he'll get back to me a lot and we'll meet up and and that kind of relationship changes these behaviors and a lot of the time that comes down to just having little conversations about your food and what did you like this week what did you not like and you know did you get the right amount and maybe we can make this tiny tweak where it's not too much of a ordeal but it's enough to make a big difference small changes make big differences so i think that's probably it like it's the attitude towards the food and the behavior that came along with it like you know do you think nutrition in, in general is uh w- would it be overlooked by some do you think miles even from 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 your own sport i think um i think i think uh, if you're young, if you're yeah yeah i do think that a lot actually to be honest with you you know i've seen it from like you know guys who are just starting out obviously they don't have the knowledge but also very high-end professionals like you know uh that i know quite well they don't they still don't know really like and sometimes it comes to this mindset where you know when you're kind of like a an independent athlete where you rely a lot on yourself especially on an individual sport like mine you know sometimes you find it hard to give that power away of what you already know so you're you're kind of have this kind of little bit of a fixed mindset we are like oh i don't know about putting on a bit of weight now to have more energy to train i'm used to doing it this way you know so again it's about kind of like just opening your mindset a bit and letting it go and kind of like just reaching new levels with it like you know and that's hard you know that is hard like and i do feel like it's a very underrated um uh it's there's not a lot of light shone on nutrition as much as it should be there's a lot of information out there but you don't see a lot of athletes really zoning in on the nutritional side of things and how quick your results can come from that like feeling good going into a training session where you're just, if you're not feeling depleted going in, you're going to feel hungry to train. You feel like a student of the game. And when you feel strong and you can like, you have a plan to come down and wait at a healthy amount while feeling fueled, that's an amazing feeling. You know, you have goals set, you have 
purpose you know where you're going with it you know and and that makes you fall in love with the sport again and that's kind of like you know some athletes drift away from that they, they don't really see the importance of it like you know but it it really is like a massive part of the game and sometimes it can be the difference between winning or losing a lot more than what you may think you know you know if your nutrition if you are destroying yourself a whole camp and you're eating nothing that's going to play an effect where you're going to perform be it a match a competition a fight etc those little decisions that you make on a weekly basis really do gather up as a volume towards the one pinnacle moment where you peak and try and perform with the mention of camp uh killian i know you've you've worked with miles and you've worked with other fighters in in fight camps and kind of pre-camp stuff and and during camp and then right up to right up to fight day it it is a bit different as miles says as as an individual sport you tend to know a month out or two months out or three months out when your next fight is going to be. I mean, you compare it to the GAA side of things where you know you're probably going to be playing a game on a Sunday and you'll have a challenge match on a Tuesday and you'll play another game on a Sunday and, you know, you rinse and, you rinse and repeat. So you've got a long period of time to plan for somebody to help them with their nutrition. I would assume the goal being that at a very particular point in time, a week out or two weeks out, that they're they're just about hitting their peak. They're hitting the right weight, their right mindset, mental state, food is on point, body is feeling well, everything is fine-tuned. Can you give me an idea uh, and give us an idea what what happens in that camp process so somebody says okay look i've got i've got three months to go i need to compete at this weight i need to you know it might be a case of needing to compete for a particular amount of time three minute rounds five minute rounds whether it's three rounds or five rounds what what do you do in the camp setting there's a, there's a good bit of planning i'd imagine uh, definitely yeah you know and it's it's kind of coming back first of all you look at what weight you're going to be competing at and, and kind of how far off are they and you kind of structure your plan then around that and you kind of go well look how much do we have to lose uh what's a realistic time frame to lose that and and how much is safe to to lose per week while not sacrificing on training and still being able to perform the best and still make weight safely and it does it's definitely something you start off with and you do plan out things quite rigidly um, but then you have to be like, I suppose, uh, kind of come back to, you know, rigid in goals, flexible in approach. And you kind of look at basically then does our plan line up with, say, getting to that five week way uh, in a safe manner. And definitely does require a lot of planning. Um, you make sure that he's fueled up for the right sessions. And a lot of the time we look at as well is like that kind of coming out of old school mind frame. And we pick certain sessions in a week where we want, say, miles to feel his best you know what sessions are there in the week that you need to feel on top form and we pick those and we kind of step back away from them and see what sessions then can we kind of say maybe not feel the best in or we kind of go in a little bit low so we burn a little bit more and you kind of do that on a week by week basis and coming into fight week then you're kind of hoping and a good plan he usually is exactly where he needs to be where his body feels the best he's on weight he doesn't have too much to cut in the next week uh, all his sessions have went really well. He always feels fueled during them. And then it kind of comes into that pinnacle then on Saturday night or whatever night it is. And it's, it's kind of all the magic kind of happens and it's, and it's there then for him and fight weekend and, and stepping into the cage. 
when it comes to when it comes to measuring that then and, and and keeping track of it over the month or two months or three months is that just does that just boil down to a conversation between you and you and the athlete or you and miles in this case is there is there specific things or specific markers that you're looking for yeah well like we we usually kind of track weight like obviously that's the kind of main goal so that's what we might track on a, on a week to week basis or every two weeks depending on, on how much he has to lose and how kind of really dialed in we are on, on how much he needs to lose each week. And we kind of track weight, we track muscle mass and making sure we're not kind of taking too much from muscle mass and it's mainly say fat mass and stuff like that every week. And we have scales and different things like that that we use. Uh, we also track calories kind of some weeks on, on a week to week basis, depending on whether he feels energized or unenergized. And, and when we have those measures kind of under control and, and sorted out, we kind of look at other aspects then, like, you know, um, say, periodizing carbohydrate approach for each sessions. And, and you know, it's, it's a basis, it's a process. And we kind of look at things each week and we base it off the feedback then from the athlete. Like, when when were you energized? When did you feel not energized? Did you recover? Uh, did you miss any sessions? And, and all these kind of play a part then in your weekly plan. And you kind of just take it, take it off that then. One one of the tail end of of things, and we we often hear about it, because um, I suppose we do we do cover an awful lot of the 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 UFC and the the big name MMA type events. Somebody gets towards um, the weigh in day, or the you know they're two or three days out for the fight, and you you can you can tell visibly, or you hear the stories afterwards. It's like oh that guy had a terrible cut, and that just went so bad, and there's there's a there's a lot of hardship on on the body. Um, can you, can you maybe break down what what kind of happens in in that situation is that somebody just trying to shed an awful lot of weight in a really short space of time is that somebody that hasn't you know kind of followed maybe what you've been talking about where everything is just planned and nice and consistent and and, and trickles along what what happens around those kind of two or three days leading into the fight yeah, like it, it's it's probably when you hear people have hard hard weight cuts and things like that, um, it probably a lot of the say mistakes were made during camp and they haven't really fined in and tuned their body ready to lose that weight and it does come down to they've left too much in fight week to try and lose so they have a lot of weight to lose. It could be you know somewhere of like seven to eight kilos or something like that and they haven't really primed their body to lose that weight and when they're kind of coming to fight week, you know that kind of thought comes out 10 days before the event and uh, we look at water load and we look at sodium content and, and sodium intake and are we priming our body to start losing that weight and shedding that weight uh, so when we kind of come into those two or three days of a fight our body wants to lose water mm. it wants to you know shed the weight you know we it's easy to lose it and basically in those two or three days where people are finding it hard usually they've kind of already went into a very dehydrated and they're trying to cut down even more hydration and the body just doesn't want to lose it where if we kind of plan it right and we have our water loading done we have our sodium intake calculated and we do certain things as well then we kind of follow a high fat diet um coming into those two or three days so that the body wants to lose water and different things like that and um, then by the time we come into that we hit the sauna we hit the bath or whatever the kind of chosen area is our body wants to lose the weight you know we're losing the water we're kind of doing little bits then in between mm. and usually the hard, the hard weight cuts is they haven't done stuff in the camp to lose the weight correctly 
prepared, haven't prepared their body right, right, lose the weight, and they've left far too much in that time then uh, to to make weight. At at those kind of elite levels, you've got people that are they're you're you're talking about making weight, and we hear we know that you know, say for again using the UFC as an example, uh, their welterweight fights and the welterweight championship uh, weight is one hundred and seventy pounds whatever the, the new money is in, in terms of in terms of kilos post fight or not post fight but post weigh in you'll see that you know they're obviously a lot bigger looking very quickly uh, than they were when it came to the scales and you mentioned at the very outset the whole rehydration thing and you, you'd worked on the the Lockhart and Leith side of stuff and uh, kind of taken a, a specialty in, in rehydration talk to me about that process what what is it first and foremost and what's what's it trying to achieve well basically I suppose we're kind of going to go back to the weight cut thing a little bit and the idea of the weight cut is you're dehydrating your body uh, and also depleting your glycogen stores to try and make weight, to try and step on the scales on weight, and we'll go to that welterweight uh, division then. It's 170 pounds. So their aim is to weigh 170 pounds at, say, whatever the weigh-in time is the night before a fight. So they've depleted their body completely of carbohydrates and glycogen and also water. So when they, say, step onto the scales, they're like a dry sponge, um, if you get me. So everything's depleted. They're as light as they can be. So now my job is then even after that is to kind of, I suppose, rehydrate the sponge. And it's very hard to do that. And and you're kind of looking at how much weight they lost and you plan their sodium intake and their water intake around that. And then you also look at the carbohydrate side and their glycogen stores. And glycogen is just a storage unit of the body, of carbohydrates in the body. And we plan that around their muscle mass and everything like that. And you plan meals then from their say as soon as they step off the weighing scales to when they're going to step on or when they're going to step into the cage on Saturday night or whatever it is and you plan how much carbohydrates they can hold and you plan it around that then so like they could gain another couple of kilos overnight just by say being rehydrated and having a full glycogen store as well you know it can make can really be a big difference because they're so like like I said they're a dry sponge stepping on the scales and stepping off the scales that we try and kind of rehydrate that sponge and make them kind of be full back up again so they're empty when they step off and we fill them back up then again and there's a couple of kilos in that just doing that as well and how how important is that window then between the time they step off the scales say having made weight and the time they get back into or they get into the cage and and the, the fight is going to start you've got maybe 24 hours 48 hours probably at that at the most so you've you've done an awful lot of work to help somebody get to a particular weight they've obviously had their training and they've been following you would hope the the right kind of nutrition for the last couple of weeks so you know all is all is not lost but how how important is that time block then though that day or that that two days because now one of their big targets is done and dusted the next one is to step through the door and obviously get into the fight Oh, it's it's very 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 important because like i said you know they've they're basically empty so if they don't say refuel and rehydrate properly they're going to be running on empty stepping into the cage so you know dehydration can have a massive part to play in your cardiovascular uh, systems you know if, if you're kind of dehydrated your blood's a lot thicker so it's hard to you know pump blood around the body so when you're kind of stepping into the cage and you want to be in prime you, you don't want uh, the blood to be hard to pump around the body but also then as well, you won't have the fuel to, you know, get through that fight 
and everything like that. So if you don't rehydrate and replenish your glycogen stores, you're kind of going in already lacking in performance. And then you're going in with not the right amount of fuel in your body to get you through those rounds. And, you know, it can be a very, very high intense sport. You know, you don't want to kind of step into the cage with less than 100%. And that window is, is it's kind of very unique to uh, MMA and combat sports is the fact that you're empty, completely empty. You're completely dehydrated that day before you step into a big event. So mm. that time in between stepping off the scales and stepping into the cage can really play a massive part in, you know, your performance that night. Uh, as an athlete, Miles, how how have you found that? I mean, I'm sure there's there's kind of old school tales of of horrible cuts or screaming on the floor of a sauna over the years, up until you know more recently, where your your nutrition is more kind of bang on point. Yeah, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I have uh, seven losses on my record, and I count a lot of those losses to not having the correct nutrition and definitely not rehydrating myself correctly after really, really unnecessarily tough weight cuts, you know, like, mm. you know, I, I could lose sometimes and I don't have the muscle mass that I do now, you know, like one of the key factors to losing a healthy amount of weight in a sauna is to have the muscle to draw that water out from, you know, and I wouldn't have had the muscle mass back as a lightweight back then as I do now. And so I was trying to lose like, you know, a stone and a half, like, you know, that's like seven and a half, eight kilos or whatever. And I'd have to lose that in like a, not just in a week, but sometimes in a two day sauna session. And that's just insane. You know, like, I mean, the next day I'm just going in, not really bothered about winning or losing, you know, uh, feel heavy. So I've overdone it as well because I've gone so, ex- I haven't done the process correctly. I haven't got the knowledge that I was uh, needed. I've gone in there, I'm depleted and I've overdone it as well. Like, you know, there's a process with how much you need to take in from a scientific point of view that's, that Killian looks after for me. And that when I'm going in there, I'm just, I'm just refueled enough that my body is going to peak at the right time when I go in to compete. Whereas in back then I would have like destroyed myself on a fight week, lost way too much in a sauna and then overdone it after. So my body's going to come from one extreme to the next where I'm eating bags of sweets and I'm gulping three or two or three layers of water into me. And sure. Like you just feel heavy and not bothered really like going in to compete after that. And it has an effect on your performance. So it's a it's really really is important and until you feel that really uh, you know uh, you know it's important to take on board this information really like because you know hindsight's a bit of a bitch sometimes you know <laughs> because i if i had to choose uh, i would have liked to have had killian or the knowledge for sure back then like you know so it's very important uh, before before we we wrap things on the head, and I figure we're going to need to do like a part two or a part three of this, and we could we could chat an awful lot about the the nutrition end of things. Uh, Killian, if if people are if people have have heard this, and there's obviously more of an awareness uh, an awareness coming in around the nutrition side of things, even at even at amateur level and 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 teenage level, we're seeing people spend more time in the gym and more time working out and more time trying to, you know, get better and get fitter and outdo themselves uh, the nutrition is is a big point if they want to start that conversation if they want to kick something off what's what's the approach how do, how do they reach you and what do you expect of them 
Um, well, I suppose if they want to reach me, they can get me on Instagram or, or my uh, my website is kdlikeperformance.org and kdlikeperformance on Instagram and Facebook. And I suppose starting the process is just having that mentality of um, being motivated to change and, you know, really be open to it and, you know, actually want to make a difference. And when you have that attitude, everything else can fall into place and just having that right knowledge then uh, to suit the person and they can definitely make a change. So just coming in with the right attitude is a, is a step one. And, uh, you know, don't be expect, don't expect your coach to create motivation and change, you know, come in with that mindset that you want to change and, and you're open to, to being open-minded to different things. Um, and Miles, uh, for you, if people want to get in touch, as always. Uh, Miles Price MMA, Instagram handle or Facebook. And uh, we're reopening, I think, by the looks of it, fingers crossed, July 5th for martial arts centres. So um, get in touch with Team Rhino Kilkenny and uh, yeah, we'll sign you up for the martial arts centre opening up again. So Excellent. good. Nice little bit of good news for this. Well, I think we're going to continue this conversation at uh, at at the next most available opportunity to do it. Uh, we've got we've gotten through a lot, but I know there's an awful lot more that we can get through and touch on. But for the moment, this has been all things MMA. Our guest this week has been Killian Doyle, Katie Athletic Performance host, as always, Miles Price, Miles Price Fitness, and Team Rhino Kilkenny. I've been Ken McGuire for Scoreline.ie, and we will do this all again next week. Good luck. 